Welcome, everyone, to the Living Parables podcast, where we uncover spiritual truth and lessons God has given us through his word and our own life stories. I am Nate, your host. To all the listeners tuning into the show, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I appreciate all of you. And now, let us begin. Well, we are rapidly approaching July 4th, and I want to just say that I'm really excited for it this year. We gather every year as a family, and uh, as as you well know, all this COVID stuff is still out and about, so please be safe. With that being said, today we're going to do something, again, what we did a few weeks ago, raw, unedited. You're going to hear fireworks because my windows are really, really, let's just say that you can hear everything outside. So you might hear those in the background. I apologize for that. So if you have your Bibles with you, which if you're going to listen to this show, you're going to need them. So uh, with that being said, please turn with me to Luke, the 18th chapter. And we're going to be looking very closely at verses 9 through 17. So the title of this parable is called the Pharisee and the Publican, or as you might well know, is the parable and the tax collector. And I want to start off by saying that, you know, last week, for those of you that listened to it, it was about my testimony. And, you know, uh, we talked about some people that grow up in the church, they don't have this, this huge, you know, big, awesome tale of, Christ coming in their lives and save them from a drug addictions or, you know, attempted suicide and those kind of things. And, you know, if you're that kind of a person, you're just like me. I didn't have a, a big grand testimony. And so don't worry about that. But uh, if you did listen to it last week, I thank you and appreciate that. Also, we're going to have starting hopefully soon in the next couple of weeks, we are going to have start having guests on the show. And I think that's going to be really, really cool. And so be sure that you're listening for that. So with that being said, we are about halfway done with the first season of the Living Parables podcast. And just to give you uh, just a glimpse of what we're looking at for next season, you know, this season here, we're just getting to the basic truths of the Bible and what you need to know to be saved. And then the second season, we're going to be really diving in to more stories about myself, you as the listeners. If you have stories, again, write in the show at livingparablestruth at gmail.com. I would highly encourage you to write into the show and tell us something that you're going through that or something you went through in the past that helped you get to where you need to be at now, that God really helped you and showed you a truth. And uh, so we're going to be doing that, and we're also going to be just really diving in the Bible, getting into more uh, of the meat of the Word. So uh, be be sure to catch season two. So, but we're about halfway through season one. Okay, now that we have the recap and kind of a glimpse of the future, God willing, let's look at now the ninth verse. We're going to read all the way through, break it down, and we'll be done. I know. I know I say to you this every single week. I say it's not going to be that long, and then it turns out to be 20, 30 minutes. Um, 
And I apologize for that. I just I just get so passionate for the Lord and his word. So, um, but I, I do intend on keeping this rather short. All right, verse nine, going all the way to 17. And he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. Two men went up into the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But the tax collector, standing at some distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven. But he was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. And they were bringing even their babies to him so that he would touch them. But when the disciples saw it, they began rebuking them. But Jesus called for them, saying, Permit the children to come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter at all. All right, so let's go ahead and talk through this. Now, you have two people in this parable. You have a Pharisee and you have a tax collector. Okay, Pharisee was a ruler of the Jewish people as far as uh, the faith is concerned. They were they were the leaders. People looked to them. They And I want you to pay close attention to what he said. In verse 11, he stood and was praying this to himself. I imagine, now it doesn't actually say this in the text, but I imagine him, it says he's standing up, I imagine him having his arms out, his hands open, and almost like he's levitating above the crowd. Like he's so much better than everybody else. And listen to what he says. It says, he was praying this to himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I have to stop us real quick. And I have to tell you this. Because this is super important. That this person here considered himself better than everybody else. Not only that, but this attitude that he has is self-righteous. That was a big problem with the Pharisees. They thought that their sin wasn't that bad. They were proud of their high position. And the other thing is that Jesus himself was speaking to them on more than one occasion, and they could not see their sin. They can't see how destructive it is, how evil it is, how vile. They couldn't do it. And in verse 12, it says, I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. So in those times, fasting, he was fasting twice a week. Guess what? That's more than what was required in the Old Testament. So he's going above and beyond. I pay tithes of all that I get. There's a lot of padding on the back going on. 
And what I what I get what kind of gets me going is he says, "Thank you that I am not like other people." How many times do we do the exact same things? We sin, and we know we have trouble. I'm not sure what it is in your life, but I could t- I, I could tell you what's what I have or weaknesses and what I struggle with. But do you do the same thing I that I do sometimes? I look at and what the Pharisee is doing right here. Well, I I do sin, but at least I'm not like Hitler, or at least I'm not like David Koresh, or at least I'm. Do you know? Do you see what I'm saying? Or at least I'm not like these people killing people and, and serial killers and rapists and drug dealers and the the list goes on and on. I think you know what I'm saying, but we get so wound up thinking that. We try to justify our own sins, and in reality, that is going to condemn us to hell. The only one that justifies is God. And how do we get justified? Well, we're going to find that out in just a minute. So, now let's look at the tax collector. Verse 13 says, But the tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven. But was beating his breast, saying, God be merciful to me, the sinner. Now, I'm not sure if you can recall, but I'd like you to think about something that you did that was wrong when you were a child to your parents, and you couldn't even look them in the eye. That's how this tax collector was. He was so sorrowful. And what kind of sorrow does, do you think that he had right there? Not worldly sorrow. He had godly sorrow. And what does godly sorrow do? It leads to repentance, which also leads to salvation. Getting hotter. Now, I want you to listen to this. Going back there. He was unwilling to even, excuse me. He was, un. excuse me. (laughs) Sorry, I told you this is wrong. Was even unwilling to lift up his eyes to heaven but was beating his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. He was confronted with his sin. He knew exactly what it was. And I'm a, and from the text here, he knew what, what, it, what it cost. He knew. And what did he do? He said, well, at least I'm not like the Pharisee, or at least I'm not like these other people over here. It's a personal thing. My sin separates me from God. And my sin stores up wrath against me. For, that comes from God. Now, it does. that's not going to happen right away. But eventually, if we're not repentant, you don't put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are going to suffer the wrath of God. And that is scary because a lot of times people like to preach, oh, well, God loves you no matter what. He loves you even if you're a sinner or you're saved. That is not true. That is not true. If you are a sinner and you have and you are living in direct opposition of God and all that you're doing is sin, you're practicing sin consistently, then that's exactly what we're talking about here. You cannot practice sin and say you believe in God. You can't do it. 
if Jesus is not your Lord, if he is not your Savior and he's not your master, then you are, again, storing wrath upon yourselves and you and you lie to yourselves because God is angry with you. He's angry. He he hates sin. And if you're in direct opposition to him, you fall in the category of wrath. And that is and that is a part of, of the good news is that we have to be completely and humbly honest with ourselves. And our, our sin is, is nothing to joke around about. It's not okay to get drunk. It's not okay to have sex before marriage. It's not okay to do drugs. It's not okay to gossip. And the list goes on and on. It's not okay to do those things. And especially if you're a Christian and you're doing those things, you need to wake up. You got to wake up. You can't, you cannot do those things because I, sometimes I think we put God in some mystical realm and well, it's okay if I do those things. It's not okay. Sin cost Jesus Christ who knew no sin, his life. And that is nothing to joke around about. Now, getting off the bad news here, getting to the good news. This, this man, this tax collector, he couldn't even look up into heaven. And he was beating his breast. He's so upset with himself. And what did he do? He cried out to God, said, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. He acknowledges that he is a sinner, and that he needs God's mercy. And this is what Jesus said in verse 14. I tell you, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Sin is a deadly Deadly game to play. And in the reality, it's not a game. It's life or death. And I'm telling you right now, as plain as, plain as day, that sin is ugly, vile, wretched, and Satan wants to keep you in the realm of spiritual slavery to sin. And we're going to talk about this probably in future episodes, but... Jesus went in the slave market, the sin and slave market, and he bought you. And he bought you with his blood. So we are not our own. We are owned by Jesus because he purchased us with his blood. And that, that kind of mercy goes beyond any mercy you can think of, any type of forgiveness you can think of. You have the opportunity right now to be forgiven of your sins. I want you to think about that, that the magnitude of that statement, that Jesus forgave, forgave you of your sins. Only if you put your faith and trust and hope in him and him alone and know that you can't do anything on your own. You can't be good enough to get into heaven. We are, we've, we've established that. We are not good. It says, it says in Romans many times that we all fall short of the glory of God. We are all sinners, and there's no one that's righteous. And the righteous one stepped in and justified us, 
He made us right with God, and he forgave us our sins once for all. I got to tell you, there's nothing and no one that can love you more than him. I probably said that more than once on this show, but it's it's the truth. Now, as you wrap up here, the disciples were not allowing the babies and the children to come to him, come to Jesus. And Jesus said in verse 16, permit the children to come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. The disciples they were not only not, they weren't just saying, oh, you can't come. They were rebuking them. Hey, you get out of here. You don't belong over here. And Jesus said, oh, no, you permit them to come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. And this is, we're ending 17. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter at all. Hmm. I got to tell you, when we get older, probably in our teenage years and adulthood, we like to think that we have all the answers. We don't need any help. And I have to tell you this quick little story before we wrap up today that we decided to uh, replace our deck. So we ripped it out with our bare hands, got rid of all the wood, bought all new wood, and we're starting to build everything up and spent hours trying to calculate every single thing. We have to put posts in the ground and make sure they're level. And it has to be a very precise kind of science, and if, if you will. And I don't know how many phone calls i made to my dad so far. <laughs> Probably too many. But when we are kids, we put our total trust and faith and hope in our parents. And we knew that they were going to take care of us and that our trust in them would not be in vain. My kids right now, they do the exact same thing to me. I have to be there when they're they're at their worst or at their best, when they need help the most. They can't do something. They can't feed themselves. I think you know what I'm getting at. But it, in 17, it says, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. It, also, the great thing about kids is that they're so trusting, they're so innocent and pure. You know, we often tell them that Santa Claus is real and, you know, the Easter Bunny, if you if you go that route, we never have. But, you know, with Santa Claus, we're actually, we're kind of getting away from Santa. Uh, but if, you, if you're a person that teaches your kid about Santa, you know, they have total trust and faith and they tell their friends about it. And... They are 100% sincere, 100% trusting. But see, Jesus Christ is not Santa Claus. He is real. He is king and he is Lord. And if you put your faith in him, and you first, we've talked about this before, but we're doing it again. We need to be repentant of your sins of my sins and not just worldly sorrow 
godly sorrow, just like the tax collector here. He's beating his breast. He couldn't even look up to heaven because he knew what his sin does. It separates you from God. It causes wrath, his wrath, to be stored up against you. And, and we're going to end with this verse here. Romans, you probably know where I'm going with this. Romans chapter 5, verses, verse 8. Excuse me, but God demonstrates his own love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That right there is love. We need to remember that. We need to hold on to that. So once again, we repent godly sorrow. And then we put our complete trust and faith in him. Remember, we're saved by grace through faith. It's faith in him. Faith doesn't mean you believe in him in one minute and the next minute you're going back doing the, old, the, the same things you've been doing. That doesn't mean you go to church and you you sing the songs and you and you get the the warm and fuzzies and you get the goosebumps on your neck and the hairs on your arms stand up and you listen to a message and then you you feel spiritual and you step out and you're right back in the mess and you don't you don't read the word you don't pray you don't do any of those things until Sunday rolls around again. That's not having faith in Jesus Christ. That that is surface level stuff. That's not that's not faith. Church don't get you to heaven. Reading his word doesn't get you to heaven. Total trust and faith that Jesus Christ is your Lord, Master, and Savior. He has to be Lord. That title means something. Everything we do, we rely on him. We depend on him, just like a sheep and a shepherd. That's why he's called the great shepherd. And he lays down his life for his sheep. And I can tell you right now, I'm the worst of the worst when it comes to sinners. My sin has, has cost Jesus his life, and, and, it, cost, and it, co it could cost me dearly. But praise God that I made that decision a long time ago. And... Remember, we are dead to sin, and Jesus makes us alive, spiritually alive to God. And that spirit regenerates us, and it makes us the people that we ought to be, that God wants us to be, because the Holy Spirit transform, for, excuse me, transforms us and renews us. I hope you make that decision today. And, you know, we uh, a few episodes ago, we did a kind of like a sinner's prayer, and we prayed, and I'm telling you right now, that prayer does not does not save you. Baptism doesn't save you. So kind of recap here. We need to be repentant of our sins. We have to repent and not do it anymore. We have to turn away from our, our ways of wickedness and sinfulness. Then we put our trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And we get in the word and we start to, big word here, obey we must obey 
Jesus Christ and his commands. We have to. That is key. Because obedience is the outward proof that you're saved. That's the visual proof you need. Are you obedient? Do you love God's word? Do you love his commands? Do you love him? Are you truly repentant of the things that you do? Do you view your sin as very disgusting and vile? Because it is. So, with that being said, I thank you for listening today. I hope that you have a great rest of your week. I pray that God blesses and keeps you and gives you peace. And until next time, God bless my friends.